All right, we're going to get started. We are talking about leadership, leadership, and we've said it every week, so I might as well say it again. Everyone's a leader, right? Everyone is a leader. You may not be leading a multi-million dollar company, but if you have someone following you, someone trailing behind you, someone looking to you, someone listening to you, you're a leader. If you're uh, a parent, you're a leader. If you were to ask me what the number one most important thing a leader needs to know in order to be a successful leader. wonder what I would say. A lot of things we could say. A lot of things are very important. But if, I, if you were to ask me what the number one most important thing a leader needs to know in order to be a successful leader, I would say understanding the value of wisdom. Understanding the value of wisdom. Let's read a little scripture to get us started. First Kings, First Kings, chapter number three, verse five through fifteen. Says that night the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream, and God said, "What do you want? Ask." and I will give it to you. Wouldn't you like God to ask you for whatever it is you would want? He'd give it to you. That's what he said to Solomon. Solomon replied, You showed faithful love to your servant, my father David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued your faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord my God, you have made me king instead of my father David. I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased with Solomon, pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, because you have asked for wisdom in governing governing my people with justice and and have not asked for a long life or wealth or, or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you ask for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon woke up and realized it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, where he sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. Then he invited all his officials to a great banquet. So God gave Solomon the opportunity to ask for anything that he wanted. 
Solomon could have asked for riches. Could have asked to become the wealthiest man ever. Could have asked for honor. Could have asked for revenge on his enemies and his father's enemies. Could have asked for popularity. Could have asked for power. Solomon asked for wisdom. Now, most commentators believe that Solomon was only about 19 or 20 years of age. Most say around 20 years of age when he asked for wisdom. So Solomon must have already had some wisdom, right, for him to have asked for wisdom. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 through 13. I want to read that as well. Get some scripture in tonight. Proverbs chapter 4, Why is this doing this to me? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5 through 13. Of course, these are the writings of Solomon. And Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, said, Get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in straight paths. When you walk, you won't be held back, and when you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Do not let them go. Guard them. For they are the key to life. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Wisdom is supreme. Wisdom is supreme. Supreme means highest in rank. Or authority. So the Bible says that wisdom is supreme. It is saying that, that, that wisdom is highest in rank or authority. So the Bible says that nothing outranks wisdom. Nothing. That's why I say, if you were to ask me what the number one most important thing a leader needs to know in order to be a successful leader, I would say the understanding of the value of wisdom. Because according to the Bible, wisdom is supreme. It is highest in rank or authority. Nothing outranks wisdom. 
Nothing. Say nothing. So that means not talent, not personality, not ability, not knowledge. See, see, here's what we need to understand. It's not always the smartest or the most talented or the best looking that rise to the top. Got a lot of young people in here tonight. I, I, I'm excited about that. This is a really, really good lesson for you tonight. But even though you're, you're young, you're, everybody in here, you're out of school, got a college, but basically out of school, young adults and, and some uh, those that are a little, a little older than that or whatever. But just think about, think about, <laughs> wasn't that nice? Th- th- think about, Think about the, the, the people in school that you went to school with, you know. Think about the popular ones, you know. Think about the ones voted most likely to succeed, you know. You know, think about the ones, you know, that got all the space in the yearbook, you know. The ones that got all the, you know, all of the, you know, hoopla and everything and all the popularity and all that. Fast forward 20 years, you'll see a big difference. It's not always the smartest, not always the most talented, not always the best looking, not always the most popular that, that rise to the top. There's something more important, more important than talent, more important than personality, more important than ability, more important than, than, than knowledge, more important than how smart you are. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. Let me give you the definition for wisdom. This is my definition for wisdom. The definition for wisdom, wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. Wisdom is knowing what to do with the knowledge you have. Wisdom is knowing what to do with the knowledge that you have. Proverbs 15 and 2 says, the tongue of the wise uses knowledge correctly. That's where I get my definition of wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. I get it from Proverbs 15 and 2 that says the tongue of the wise uses knowledge correctly. Another way to say that is wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. See, there, there, there are plenty of smart people. Plenty of smart people. There are few wise. Many that are smart, few are wise. Uh, plenty who know facts and figures, but few who know what knew, who know what to do with those facts and figures. 
See, leaders aren't always the smartest people at the table. I'm not saying they're dumb. I'm just saying they're not all, the leader is not always the smartest person at the table. That's not what makes him a leader. Leaders aren't always the smartest people at the table. But great leaders are those who possess wisdom. They make good decisions. See, there are a lot of smart people that make stupid decisions. They got brains. They got knowledge. They got smarts. But they don't have the wisdom to make good decisions. Great leaders possess wisdom and make good decisions. See, great leaders know what to do with the information at hand. Smart people know the answer. Smart people know the answer. Wise people know what to do with the answer. That makes sense? And and the leader, you know, they, they they may get their information from others sitting at the table with them. But they are the ones who know what to do with that information once they have it. That's the difference. That's wisdom, knowing what to do with the knowledge that's available. Back to our notes, knowledge alone is worthless. Many fools possess knowledge. Smart people know the answer. Wise people know what to do with it. Let me give you three things about wisdom tonight. Three things about wisdom. First of all, is let's talk about the demand for wisdom. The demand for wisdom. James 1 and 5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. James 1 and 5. Talking about the demand for wisdom. Wisdom will always be in great demand. If you want to be in demand, get wisdom. Become a person of wisdom. Because wisdom will always be in great demand. Things come, things go, things change, but the need for wisdom never changes. And it will always be in great demand. A person of wisdom will always have a place. If, if, if you become a person of wisdom, if you, if you gain wisdom, there will always be a place for you. Your knowledge can become outdated, so it's not enough just to have knowledge. That's the reason why people, especially today, have to be retrained, right? All the time, they have to be retrained. About the time you get a hold of something, something new's coming up, you've got to learn it. 
So just because you have knowledge in a field, that doesn't make you in demand because that knowledge, after a while, that knowledge is old knowledge and not even applicable. But a person of wisdom will always have a place. You, wisdom will always be in great demand. You will only be pursued. You will only be pursued by the problems or for the problems you solve. You will only be pursued for the problems you solve. Your rewards, listen, this is good. Your rewards in life are determined by the problems you solve for other people. And the harder the problem is to solve, the more valuable the problem solver is. You want to raise? Start solving more difficult problems for your boss. Because the harder the problem is to solve, the more valuable the problem solver is. And don't forget about the law of supply and demand. And there's always a demand for wisdom. Talk about the fact that your rewards in life are determined by the problems you solve for other people. Talking about the harder the problem is to solve, the more valuable the problem solver is. Reminds me of the old story of uh, the factory that shut down and nobody could get the factory uh, going again. And, and, and every, uh, every day that the factory was shut down, the, the company was losing millions of dollars. So finally they, they, they called in this uh, hotshot troubleshooter. And this hotshot troubleshooter looked over, spent uh, all day looking over the, uh, the, the, the factory and looking over everything. And, and, and uh, finally, finally he, uh, he turned one valve and the factory started up again. And he submitted his bill and the bill was $100,000. And the CEO of the company said, what, $100,000 for turning one little valve? And the troubleshooter said, no, no, $10 for turning the valve, $99,990 for knowing which valve to turn. All right, we talked about the demand for wisdom. Now let's talk about the development of wisdom. The development of wisdom. Hey, if, if, if wisdom is always going to be in demand and I'm going to, my pay, my pay scale uh, is going to be based a lot on the problem that I solve and, and you know, and, and pro- solving problems is, cor- is, is the correct application of knowledge, that's wisdom, then I better get me some wisdom, right? better get some of that. How am I going to get some? How am I going to? So I'm I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that now. The development of wisdom. Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 says that Jesus grew when he was just a boy or a teenager. It says Jesus grew. How did he grow? It says in wisdom, 
in stature and favor with God and man. So what does this tell us? It tells us that Jesus grew, but he didn't just grow. No, his body didn't just grow. He didn't just grow, you know, in bodily stature, but also in favor, but also in wisdom. It says Jesus grew in wisdom. So that tells us uh, that wisdom can grow. If Jesus grew in wisdom, does that not tell us that wisdom can grow? It tells us that wisdom can grow. It tells us that wisdom can be developed. We don't have to be satisfied with the wisdom we have. We don't just have to say, well, you know, I guess this is the wisdom I was given. I guess this is the wisdom I have. I guess this is the wisdom I'm always going to have. No, we don't have to be satisfied with the wisdom we have. Wisdom can be developed. And I hope the younger ones in here, I hope you'll get a hold of this. I hope you'll grasp a hold of this. Because if you can become a person of wisdom, if you can develop wisdom in your life, you're going to be in demand, and you're going to excel, and you're going to be rewarded. Three ways to develop wisdom. Let me give you three ways to develop wisdom. Number one, trial and error. Trial and error. Simple illustration, a kid touching a hot stove receives knowledge, right? He's got knowledge. That stove is hot, and it hurts. Wisdom tells the kid, don't touch the stove again, right? Trial and error. He touched the stove, but he learned something from touching the stove. He learned the stove is hot, and I better keep my cotton-picking hands off that stove. Right, we can learn, develop wisdom, number one, through trial and error. Three steps forward, two steps back. Learn from your mistakes. Mistakes, failure, isn't all bad. It's not all bad. The only time failure is bad is if you don't learn something from it. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from your failures. It's okay to fail. It's okay to mess up. Once. I'm not talking about only one time in your life you mess up. I'm talking about messing up in a certain area. It's okay to mess up once, but only a fool makes the same mistake twice. I mean, pretty stupid, isn't it, to touch the stove again when you just touched it and it was hot? Okay to mess up once, but only a fool makes the same mistake twice. Keep your eyes and ears open as you walk through life. Try to learn from everything. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from your failures. Learn from other people's mistakes. Learn from other people's failures. Three ways to develop wisdom. Number one, trial and error. Number two, borrow some. Borrow some from other people. Borrow wisdom from other people. 
mentors. Have mentors in your life. Mentors. Different mentors for different areas. Talked about this last week, I think. Not everybody's good at everything, but everybody's good at something. You won't have a mentor that can teach you everything, but, you know, somebody's good with finances, they're your financial mentor. Someone's good raising kids, there's your, there's your mentor for raising kids. Someone's good with, uh, with their marriage, there's your mentor for, for marriage. We can't get all of our wisdom by trial and error. If we do, we're going to be a bloody mess. Three steps forward, two steps back, we're going to be a beat-up bloody mess. So we need to borrow some. Borrow some from other people. But in saying that, don't become a clone of someone else. You were born an original. Don't die a a carbon copy. Learn from their strengths and their weaknesses. Learn what not to do as what to do. When I hire a new uh, staff member, I always tell them to learn from all the other staff members and learn from me and learn from my wife. But I tell them, I say, watch us and see what we do and what we don't do and, and what we say and we don't say. I, said, I, I tell them, I say, I say, but I said, you know, learn from our strengths, but learn from our weaknesses. Learn what to do, learn what not to do. Because none of us have it all together. None of us are doing it right all the time. None of us are perfect. So a way to get wisdom and develop wisdom is to borrow some. And once you borrow that from them, then, then it becomes yours, right? It becomes yours. Borrow from books. Back to your notes. Books. I mean, there's row after row after row of books on leadership. Learn from books. There's row after row after row after row of books on parenting, on marriage. Spend some time. Spend some time. <clears throat> borrow, borrow some wisdom from, from books, from CDs. Podcasts. In saying that, know who you are reading after or listening to. Just because somebody wrote a book doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. It means somehow they had enough money to get it printed. Let me tell you who prints books, whoever has the money to pay for it. I, you, know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to write a book. All you got to do is write something down and pay enough money and somebody will print it. But just because it's in print doesn't mean it's right. Just because so, somebody's on TV doesn't make, you know, it just means they somehow are able to pay the TV bill. So be careful to who, who you listen to. <clears throat> undersize, uh, undersize. Understand that one size does not fit all. Learn principles from people. Principles, not, you know, 
okay, I'm going to part my hair this way, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lean this way when I talk. Yeah. Learn principles from people, not, you know, necessarily, you know, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but I'm just telling you, look, learn principles from people, basic principles. One size, understand one size does not fit all. Just because something worked there doesn't guarantee it will work here. Adapt principles. Three ways to develop wisdom. Trial and error. Borrow some. Borrow some from the Word. From the Word of God. There's no greater source of wisdom than God's Word. God's Word is a book of wisdom. No greater source of wisdom than God's Word. So you need to be reading God's Word. You need to be studying God's Word. You need to be listening to the pastor on Sunday. You need to be taking notes on Sunday. You need to, be, you need, you need, you need to come to, to cultivation class. Now I'm preaching to the choir. You're here. Learn the Word of God. Learn the Word of God. No greater source of wisdom than God's Word. Another way of gaining wisdom is from asking God. Back to your notes. Asking God. From asking God. James 1 and 5 says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Who gives liberally to all who ask and will not chastise you for asking. So receiving wisdom is as easy as asking for it. God promised wisdom to those who ask for wisdom. I've told you in the past that my wife and I were married at the ridiculous age of 17. I don't recommend it, but it's worked for us for 43 years. But even crazier than that was that four months later we became became pastors of a little church at 17. Crazy. Can you imagine the wisdom that oozed out of that pulpit every Sunday morning from that 17-year-old kid? Some of you are brand new, hadn't heard this story. It's funny. True story. I'm 17. I'm pastoring a little church. I preached on the Calamites one Sunday morning. How many's ever heard a message on the Calamites? How many's ever heard of the Calamites? I don't know how much this story's been embellished. I don't know. I really preached a whole sermon on the Calamites. I do know that I read it as the Calamites, and I referred to the Calamites. But anyway, after church, my wife said, Honey, the word is calamities. Not Calamites, calamities. I said, No. 
I've been studying. The Bible talks about the Jebusites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and, and, and all of those ites. And I've discovered the Calamites. Got to be pretty secure to tell that story on yourself, right? Well, you know what happened to me one day? I discovered James 1 and 5. That says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally. How many know that a 17-year-old kid pastoring a little church preaching on the Calamites needs some wisdom? And I don't know when it was that I discovered that, but early on in my ministry, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I discovered that, that scripture, and I'm going to tell you that for the last 40 plus years, maybe as many as 43 years, almost every single day, I have asked God for wisdom. You say, Pastor, it hadn't worked. <laughs> well, can you imagine what I'd be like if I hadn't prayed for wisdom almost every day for 43 years. You need wisdom. Solomon said, in everything you're getting, get wisdom. Above all, above everything, get wisdom. You need wisdom. And God will give wisdom. He said he would. He promised that if we lacked it, if we needed it, he would give it to us. So I want to challenge you to, to ask God daily, if possible, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. You promised you'd give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. God, I don't know. That's what Solomon, he's 20 years old, and now he's, he, he's the king, man. He's the king of the greatest nation. He said, God, I don't even know how to come in out of the rain, let alone govern this mighty nation that is your favorite people. So God, give me wisdom so I can govern this nation. Let me tell you, if you're a parent, you need wisdom. God will give it to you if you ask him. Christina, you're a nurse. You need wisdom. Wisdom. God can give it to you. Yeah. How do we get wisdom? Well, from asking God. Receiving wisdom is as easy as asking for it. God promised wisdom to those who ask. All right, let's talk about one last thing tonight. Let's talk about the delivery of wisdom. The delivery, delivery of wisdom. First of all, wisdom is delivered in the words we speak. Someone said, better to keep your mouth shut and be thought a fool than to open it and remove all doubt. James 1 and 19 says, be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Be slow to speak and slow to get angry. 
What did James say in James 1.19? He said, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Why are we always the opposite of that? Actually, somebody said nobody would listen at all if they didn't know that their turn to speak came next. And we said this already, but most of the time, we're really not even listening to what somebody's saying. We are rehearsing in our mind what we're going to say next. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says to be quick to listen and slow to speak. I think God tried to tell us this when he gave us two ears and one mouth. I mean, think about it. Why did God give us two ears and one mouth? I mean, because the mouth, you know, I mean, the tongue, it speaks, right? And the ear hears, so why do we need two ears and one mouth? I think God's trying to tell us that we need to listen twice as much as we talk. Did you know that as long as you are talking, it is impossible for you to learn? You can't learn anything as long as you are talking. Because when you are talking, all you are talking from is what you already know, correct? So when you talk, you're speaking out of what you already know, out of the information, out of the knowledge you already have. So as long as you are doing the talking, you can't learn anything. Only when you keep your mouth shut and start listening, only then can you learn. Wow. Wow. How about that? How about that? Saying that, I need to say this. We need to be very, very careful with the words we speak. And especially to people who are seeking our counsel. Or people who are younger and impressionable. We need to be very, very careful the words we speak. And we need to be very careful with the off-the-cuff remarks we make. You know, just the off-the-cuff, just, just flippant remarks. You know, just stuff we haven't thought it through. We haven't thought, we just, you know. How many know that just because something is in your mind doesn't mean it has to come out your mouth? You know who... The people who say everything that's on their mind, people that don't have wisdom. All right? Wisdom is delivered in the words that we speak. Number two, wisdom is delivered in the actions we take. Someone wisely said, actions Speak louder than words. And never seek advice from someone who hasn't proven successful in the area you need advice in. And don't allow anyone to speak into your life in an area where they are failing. 
I'm not saying be rude and say, I'm not listening to you because you're failing in that area. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying let them talk. Let it go in this ear and go out that ear. Be kind. Be nice. Listen. But, you know, don't take advice. Don't take financial advice from a broke person. Don't take marital advice from somebody who's been married five times. Never seek advice from someone who hasn't proven successful in the area you need advice in. Don't allow anyone to speak into your life in an area where they are failing unless it's a warning not to follow in their footsteps. All right, we're already at the conclusion, but it's going to take a little bit of time here, so don't get too excited. Out of every single card in the deck, Wisdom is the trump card. Wisdom trumps knowledge. It trumps ability. It trumps charisma. Wisdom's a trump card. It trumps everything. Out of all the things you could ask God for, Wisdom is the most important. Out of all the things you could ask God for, wisdom is the most important. Solomon, God said to Solomon, ask me for anything. You could ask him for anything. He asked for wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13 says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom. You want to be happy? Get wisdom. Why are wise people happy? Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Well, one reason is because wisdom leads to good decisions. Most people that are unhappy are unhappy because of poor decisions they've made in their life. Right? So happy is the man who finds wisdom because wisdom leads to good decisions. Good decisions lead to a happier life. And all of us, wherever you are today in your life, you are the sum product of the decisions you have made. The decision to stay in school or quit school, the decision to go to college or not go to college, the decision to get married or not get married, the decision to marry that one or to marry the other one or not to marry, the decision to take the job or not take the job. Take the posi- We are the sum total of all the decisions we've made in our life. So, are you getting a little... Are you seeing how important wisdom is? It's, it's supreme. It's, it's not good. It's not excellent. It's supreme. It's superior. It's the best. Proverbs 17 and 2 says, A wise servant 
will rule over a son without wisdom. You know what that's telling me? That's telling me that wisdom will elevate me. Do you want to excel? Do you want to do well? Do you want to rise to the top? Then get wisdom. Because wisdom will elevate you. It will lift you up. It will make you stand out. It will make you head and shoulders above all the others. Because there's a whole lot of smart people in the world. Just because you're the smartest person at the table, that doesn't mean you're going to be making the most money. It doesn't mean you're going to have the number one position. It's that man or that woman that has the wisdom, that knows what to do with the information, that knows what to do with the knowledge. They may not have gotten the knowledge on their own. They might have gotten it from this one and that one and someone else. They might have got it from the janitor that morning, but they're using it in the boardroom at 10 o'clock, and they're the CEO, and they're the big dog. Because it's not enough to have the knowledge. You've got to know what to do with it. Does this make sense? A wise servant will end up ruling over a son that doesn't have any wisdom. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 18 says, Wisdom is better than weapons of war. I mean, you can have the, you know, you can have the greatest weapons in the world, but if you don't know how to, what to do with them, if you don't know, you know, when to use them, where to use them, how to use them, Wisdom is better than weapons of war because wisdom will tell you when, where, and how. And Ecclesiastes 10 and 10 says, wisdom brings success. You want to be successful? Get wisdom. And here's what you need to understand. A person who possesses wisdom will succeed no matter where you put him. They're going to succeed no matter where you put them. I mean, if he doesn't have the skill set to succeed in a particular area, he's still, that person with wisdom is still going to succeed because wisdom will tell that person that they don't have uh, the skill set in that area. And so they will recruit people who do have the skill set and they'll put those people in the right positions and in the right place. And the wise man will be successful through them. Fact. This is a fact. Most, say most, most CEOs don't have a clue how to actually make their product. And would fail miserably if they had to make it. What is that show on TV? Uh, Undercover Boss, how many seen that show, Undercover Boss? And these big shots, these CEOs, you know, they go out and under as undercover and working, and they always fail, don't they? They don't. None of them hardly do 
worth a hoot. I mean, they're, you know, they're, you know, they don't, they can't get their hands dirty. They, you know, they just, they just, they don't, they don't know how to do true. It's true. Most CEOs don't have a clue how to make, actually make their product. See, they're not working with the product. They're not working with the product. They're working with the people who make the product. And they're putting the right people in the right places. That's wisdom. Perhaps the number one requirement for a leader to be successful is the possession of wisdom. Knowing what to do with the knowledge he All right, let me give you a practical challenge. Practical challenge. I want you to do something that I've been doing for years and years and years now. And that is in my daily Bible reading, and I hope you have a daily Bible reading, but in my daily Bible reading, I include, say include, not telling you to do this exclusively, I'm saying in addition to, in addition to my daily Bible reading, and I don't do it every single day, just like no one does it every single day. I try to do it every single day, but I don't always. But I include in my Bible reading a chapter out of the book of Proverbs. So if this is, what is today? Today's September 23rd, right? So this morning, I read along with over in Luke, where I'm reading right now, reading through the Bible, and I'm over in Luke now. So I read some in Luke, and there's some big old honking long chapters in Luke. So I only read about three of those, where it would be about, you know, six or seven out of a regular, uh, another book of the Bible. Anyway, so I included, after I read my, reading through the Bible, after I read that, then I went to Proverbs chapter 23, and I read the book of Proverbs 23 to correspond with the day, the 23rd. So every single day, so there's 31 chapters in, in Proverbs. So every day, the day of the month, whatever that day is, if it's the 13th of the month, I'm reading what? Proverbs chapter 13. If it's the 7th of, of the month, I'm reading what chapter? Oh, y'all are so smart. Y'all just, y'all are brilliant. And, uh, and then, and so, and so there's, you know, every month, you know what, February has 28 days, I think, except leap, leap year, but the rest of them have 30 or 31, right? And so, you know, there's one for every, for every day of the month, even when there's 31 days, one for every day of the month. Why the book of Proverbs? Because it was written by who? Solomon. Solomon, who asked God for what? For wisdom. Okay. And so these are his proverbs. Not all of them are his proverbs, but 90% of them. I just threw a figure out. I don't know what the percentage is, but most of them. So for those of you that are going to Google that, no, it's only 87. Pastor said nine. Okay, I just threw that out there. But most of them are, are written by Solomon, okay? Almost uh, most of them. Let me just say most. Let me cover my behind. Most of them were written by Solomon, okay? The wisest man to ever live, okay? So, what's going to happen if I read a chapter out of the book of Proverbs, out of the book of the wisdom writer, the greatest, the, 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 the man with the most wisdom ever, what's going to happen to me? 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to glean, I'm going to borrow some wisdom, right? I'm going to borrow some wisdom. And there's everything in the book of Proverbs. There's stuff about your money. There's stuff about your marriage. There's stuff about, you know, your parent, parenting. There's stuff about problems. There's all kinds of stuff in there. So, so this is a practical challenge. I want to challenge you. If you want to get wisdom, if you, if you want to be in demand, if you want to rise to the top, if, 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 you wanna, if you wanna succeed, you're gonna have to get some wisdom. And one way of getting wisdom is to read and borrow some wisdom from Solomon out of the book of Proverbs. So every day, read something out of the book of Proverbs. Even if you don't do what I do, read something out of the book of Proverbs every single day, along with your other Bible reading. That's your, cha- your challenge, is th- like, this is a threefold challenge. Number one, read a chapter. I'm challenging you to read something out of the book of Proverbs every single day, hopefully, a chapter. That corresponds with that day. Number two, I'm challenging you to ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Make it a part of your prayer. God, you know, give us wisdom. Give me wisdom. Maybe, you know, if you just, if you know, if you pray every day on your way to work, God, give me wisdom for today. Give me wisdom to make good decisions, good choices today. Whatever. Ask God continually. Ask God for wisdom. That's your second and then the third one, I want to challenge you to hang out with wise people. Start developing relationships with wise people because Proverbs 13 and 20, Proverbs 13 and 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. If you walk with the wise, You become wise. Because why? We become like the people we hang out with, right? So if you hang out with a bunch of losers, you're going to end up being what? If you hang out with negative, pessimistic people all the time, how are you going to end up? If you hang out with upbeat, positive, faith-filled, People with wisdom, how are you going to turn out? So how are, we going to, how are we going to get wisdom? We're going to get a little wisdom by trial and error, hopefully. Three steps forward and two steps back. We're going to get some that way. We're going to learn from our mistakes. We're going to learn from our failures. But then we're going to borrow some, right? We're going to borrow some from people. We're going to hang out with wise people. We're going to get some mentors. And listen, you know, people don't have time to hang out with you 24-7, you know. You just got to get a little bit here and a little bit there, you know. And, and, and listen, your mentor, you don't necessarily have to sit down and have a cup of coffee at Starbucks with your mentor, you know. I mean, you know, you can email, you can text, you can phone call, you know, or you can just, you know, you can just listen to them. Listen to them. You're going to get some from books, CDs, podcasts, but we're going to know who we're talking to who we're listening to. We're going to get it from the Word of God. We're going to start reading the Word. We're going to start adapting the Word to our lives. And we're going to ask God for some. We're just going to outright ask God. And we're going to, and we're going to remind God. It's okay to remind God. God, you promised. God promised us. He said, if you will... He said, He will give wisdom to those who ask for it. Okay? So I challenge you.
I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, this might be the most important lesson of all the lessons we do. The lesson of wisdom. Hopefully you will do something with the lesson. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity of being here tonight. Thank you, Lord, this great, great class tonight, this great crowd, the attentiveness of the people, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, God, and I pray it almost every Sunday when I preach, but God, I, I do it on purpose. God, help us not just to be hearers of your word, but help us to become doers of your word. Help us to actually put into practice what we receive and what we we glean from your word and from the teaching of your word. Father, in Jesus' name, amen.